0: Buongiorno everybody and welcome to the Wing and F1 podcast for the Italian Grand Prix of 2022. I'm Freddie. I'm joined by Adam and Nigel for a trio of us to look back at the Monza race this year. Um, It was a yeah race, I I think, from my side. Um, Won by Max Verstappen because what is a race that isn't won by Max Verstappen in 2022? It's not been recent. It's his fifth win on the trot. It's his 11th win of the season. And even though he started in seventh, which he's making a thing of doing, starting out of position, arguably starting out of position for Max now, Is starting in pole, uh, on pole position or on the front row or in a valid position to win a race. Um, and yeah, Rebel executed it really well and won the race. Um, Nigel, what do you think about Max Verstappen's win of the Italian Grand Prix? Uh, I
1: mean, it was pretty good, wasn't it? I mean, it's, just, again... He was starting seventh and his favourite before the race, which is just not normal at all. But it's becoming normal because he's done it in Hungary, he's done it in Belgium, now he's done it in Monza. Uh I think the start was key as well. Uh overtaking uh those cars quickly. I think he was up to second on lap four or five when he overtook Russell. Three, four, five, four. There we go. <laughs> uh, so uh yeah, he's it's just it's just too good but you know the combination of the red Bull with with the Stafford, it was too good and there wasn't too much Ferrari could do i don't think uh so yeah it's kind of what we
0: expected i think adam do you concur
2: i concur um what film is that from catch me if you can i think um yeah i
0: and avengers infinity war
2: it may have been a play, it may have been a homage um to yes. that. But that's probably more interesting the race than the race, to be honest. Yeah, it it like yeah, I kind of every everything Nigel said, um it's he he's starting he's starting out with the top five and he's still favorite. It kind of just feels like they're doing it for an extra challenge now is how far <laughs> how far down the grid per kind of per race can you <laughs> can do and still come back. So yeah, it's not too much to add to Nigel, just that it felt, you know, even from the start it felt pretty inevitably um yeah, it's it's the fact that he not only keeps it clean through the opening lap, but he he made his way onto the into the podium places at the same time. It wasn't a cautious, you know, stay in seventh but keep the wing clean. It was still cutting half the deficit to the top and also, you know, getting through without any trouble. So, yeah, pretty um, yeah. As I say, just a bit inevitable win for Max Verstappen, but still good performance from him and Red Bull.
1: And I've I've never felt that with Eddie Driver before before the race. Starting so far back, I know it was only seventh
0: this time, but to, uh, you know, to Evan's be fair, still, I've I never mean, ever yeah. felt
1: that, not even Hamilton, you know.
0: Yeah, I think it There was always a kind of a bigger blockade from a teammate from Hamilton in that regard. I and mean, you think, yeah. say, a Rosberg or even Bottas, if it, Hamilton was starting far back, Bottas could still control a race at the front. Whereas, um, aided by granted quite a few cars being out of position, and the only realistic challenge cars for Verstappen being ahead of him being uh, Leclerc and Russell, um, he he obviously didn't need him to not be caught in a DRS train because they were tricky. Uh and Ricardo for most of the races able to keep a pretty hold his nerve and keep a pretty decent train behind him. Um so Verstappen, I think, and I think it's testament to a lot of the races where he's been coming through the pack, he's been really impressive with the way he's just dealt with it and got through it and not, you know, just being cool, calm and collected with the way he's come through the field and I think the one that stands out most is hungry, but I mean, you can see that yeah. so well in Monza as well. Would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and he doesn't make any mistakes either. I mean, he doesn't have any bad weekends. Uh, it's just he's just like a machine. I mean, obviously he isn't, but like to not be outpaced. I mean, it's just it's. I find it difficult to describe. I mean, I've we talked about this before. I think a few weeks ago about to operate at such a high level every single weekend with so many factors in F1. You know, there was a thousand factors every single weekend, and it just all, all comes together every single time. It is ridiculously good.
2: It's like he's been trained from birth to do it. Yeah, well,
1: yeah. Let's, let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I I think I think it's exactly right there, Nigel. What you're saying about it just. Just all just going perfectly, but they don't allow it to not go perfectly, and I think that's what really stands out about Red Bull and Verstappen um, for the majority of this year, ever since pretty much what race five. So um, that's just you've got to look at that and be impressed. I think yeah, we've we've been guilty quite a lot of this season of forgetting to talk about the winner because there's always been more pressing rant, namely Ferrari. But I think it's it's, it's we definitely need to kind of throw that throw into the ring, just 11 wins at round, whatever it is 15? 15. Yeah. That's brilliant. Um, And, uh, and he could be on for wrapping up the title in Singapore. Yeah, yeah If it all goes to plan, that's a permutation. I mean, it probably won't happen, but it's, it's a possibility that this title could be wrapped up then. I, I think, I think even a few months ago, not even a few months ago, like the French Grand Prix, we were all thinking, "Oh, is this the turning point in the championship?" But there were still options around. Well, it,
2: it was the turning point in the championship, but just not yeah. the way we expected.
0: Yeah, just not as not the turning point we expect, not the the corner we expected to turn down, um, to butcher some metaphors. But I think it, it's it's hard to come up with more. Uh, we, we had this issue with Hamilton in 2020 and things and both Verstappen and Hamilton last year to, to come up with more superlatives to be honest to describe him and Red Bull this year well, I mean at the
2: moment it's if if the cars are about if he start if he's starting wherever he's starting on the grid if Red Bull have a significantly faster car he wins if they start about the same he wins and even if there's a slight gap to Ferrari, then they have significantly better strategy, so he wins anyway. It's like there's not Ferrari has to have, or any team has to have such a significantly better car than the Red Bull right now to even be in with a shot. Which is kind of why it's um yeah becoming a kind of coronation of Max Verstappen, really.
1: I think that's what makes it so impressive for me. Did this year, I think Red Bull have only had a, you know, a genuinely dominant car three or four times, maybe at most, like Monza. It wasn't dominant to me, At, you know, in the race. Yeah, it maybe had a slightly better race pace, but qualifying, you know, which is you know forty percent, thirty percent of the race weekend, you, you you could argue Red Bull probably weren't quite fastest. Yes, they may have set the car up for the race and that kind of thing, but he's still doing it when you know he's not got a dominant car, not like Mercedes in 2014, 2015,
0: 2016. Yeah, exactly. He, he's he's doing it in a car that wasn't quick enough for pole position at a track that we were, have been pretty much earmarking as a track that suits the, the, yeah. all the hallmarks of this Red Bull. Um, we should also talk about Ferrari. Obviously, Charles Leclerc, like we just said, got pole position um, and Carlos Sainz is out of position, starting from the back of the grid. Um, Ferrari obviously we're leading this race at the start and we're going to be in the fight, well, naturally in the fight for the win um, in just the early stages pitted under a virtual safety car, put themselves onto a two-stop strategy. Do you think if, they, if there were any circumstances where they could have won this race, do you think they should have done anything differently? Or do you think it was kind of, to be honest, considering the pressure of having the, the Italian presence and all of that in the garage and the Tifosi and that, that, to be honest, seems unqually on Ferrari's kind of more kind of accepted, acceptable weekends.
1: At the time when the virtual safety car came out, I would have put the hearts on that was my initial thought. They didn't, mm-hmm. which I thought was a mistake. But then, you know, looking back now, the medium and hard, there wasn't much difference between them anyway. I think the best thing what they could have done was to stay out and then Red Bull would have been on, you know, maybe the Shaffer would have appeared, maybe he wouldn't have. I think that was possibly the mistake, which is not even that big of a mistake, really. Uh, so I think yeah. they could have definitely have made it a lot tougher, if they stayed out and did a one stop, but I did the two stop. Like forget it. Like, I, I don't even know why they
0: considered considered well, doing it because there was too much. There wasn't enough tire deck and they didn't have. That's, didn't that's have the, the thing. The Ferrari, itself. the Ferrari naturally has more tire deck anyway. So yeah. even if they were staying out and matching, trying to match, say the 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 strategy that Rebel ended up doing with Verstappen, the um, they probably would have been caught and passed. If you're trying to do something different yeah, the, the virtual safety car rendered at just the wrong time and had Verstappen done pitted and they hadn't then that would have been even worse with Verstappen only by a couple of seconds, but yeah. it would have been worse, but um, They could have made um, it a lot harder though, It could have made it harder, definitely, mm-hmm. but I think it is the kind of thing that they couldn't have seen at the time and I think they were worried about the deck, and I do, to be honest I do think there's an element of, they're a bit scared of Red Bull and Verstappen, like they, they feel like they need to push for something, rather mm-hmm. than sort of holding on to the track position at a track that is um contrary to popular belief really not a diff- not easy to overtake at and i think the ferrari straight line speed would have been a real struggle looking at the way Carlos science is actually to be fair having said what i just said able to work his way really nicely through some drs trains that ferrari was probably very difficult to overtake even for the Red Bull today today sunday um so it's a really tricky one I i i just like you say, i i find it, i find it difficult to kind of think of them coming up with that in the moment of the virtual safety car adam what do you think
2: yeah i, I don't know i th- i think if they if they stay out Verstappen pits and then he wins anyway so I don't, I don't think it really affected the result and then once they did pit then they couldn't make the one stop so yeah i, I don't think it really yeah like you say in in hindsight i think it would have made it more difficult for them but i think with kind of what Freddie's alluding to that ferrari are just getting so roundly beaten by red bull that they feel they need to go outside the box they feel like they need to try something different just to be able to get that edge is what it feels like so yeah i'm I'm not out of kind of all of ferrari's um strategy gaffes
0: this season yeah. That it's kind of it doesn't even you know test the water for me really i think i think, I think the race could have been a bit like 2018, when you had yeah. Hamilton hunting down Räikkönen. and it could have been like that, where Hamilton yeah. eventually got past with a good move. I think you could have had something similar to that with, um, yeah, Claire and Verstappen, and it would have probably been a really nice, really tense race to watch, to be honest. But yeah, just the way it played out didn't, didn't make that happen when you know that's sometimes just the way it happens based on the way it goes. Because that was a really exciting race, that 2018
1: race, like one of the best mm. ones to races over the last decade. So you know, we would have been treated to something really good, and I think. Go back to the strategy talk, the only way they could have maybe won is if Verstappen and Leclerc both stayed out for the virtual safety car, and then in the pit stop phase, Leclerc doesn't get overcut or undercut, and then he has trap position, and then the safety car comes out with five laps to go. uh, And, you know, just so he doesn't have to, if he can defend him off till lap 48, then uh, yeah, so that
0: is the only way it could have happened if they and pilled under the virtual safety car, I think. It's a good point. The undercut threat, though, would have been mighty from Red Bull. Yeah. And yeah. probably would have been utilised, let's be honest. Um, because that's just the way it would be with Red Bull. <laughs> They're yeah. pretty mighty at undercuts. Um, so, yeah, I think we kind of all agreed that Ferrari were in the, in the frame, but it wasn't a frame they threw away and burnt and left in a skip. It was a frame that was quite small anyway yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> metaphors with winging an f1 yeah or well, you just say random words and hope it kind of adds up to the to the scenario there was an element though that ferrari could have won the race and that was the late race safety car um that came with eight laps to go after daniel ricardo's car conked out the side of the road wasn't able to be put into neutral um, so that it could be easily removed. So it became a kind of tricky situation for the end of the race. Um, for the marshals, they had to get um, a snatch down from, the, from a very far away tractor. Um, and then there was a lot of confusion with where the safety car came out and where the drivers were and so on, um, which is, to be honest, understandable based on how long Monza is as a geographical track. And the fact that the, to be where the safety car, where those cars were when the safety car was deployed. Um, because the regulation means, doesn't say wait till the leader comes around, but the safety car comes out. But they probably could have done that a bit better. But to the regulation, you need to bunch up the pack and where the pack is, the pack is. Because yeah. that's the point of a safety car, it's not to just the leader. but Just well. to explain that, well,
1: why it took so long, it was because when it was called, the Schlapper was at like turn four, turn three, so in the first sector, basically. So then he's basically got almost a lap to catch. And then he pits, so then he's got to do that again. So that's another lap gone. And, we, and they've got a delta time as well, so they can't go flat out and catch it. They've got to keep to the delta. So that's why it took so long, basically. And then they picked up the wrong car, so that was a factor as well. So all that combined is why it took so long and there was no restart.
0: Yeah, and that all then means that it takes longer for the procedures yeah. to get, take, get put in place to clear the car, which is absolutely fine for the safety of marshals and drivers and so on. Um, it was correctly run to the regulation ending behind the safety car. Um, unlike obviously other the, races. Unlike other races, which I think should be heavily winked at.
2: Has anyone mentioned that over the weekend? I've not seen, I've not yes. seen, seen much, too much oh, of yeah. it. It's been heavily no, mentioned a lot. No, it was, um, it, it was a joke because it has been mentioned everywhere. Oh, right.
0: Oh, you're, you're These uh, two. sarcastic tone. These is two. Too close
2: to your normal voice. Um, too, long, too long training in America getting with sarcasm. Anyway. <laughs> um,
0: genuinely thought that was a question. Um, yeah,
1: I did as well. See, that, that, that just thinks that we think that you're stupid, Adam.
0: <laughs> no, I genuinely thought he just hadn't been paying attention to some articles, which is fair enough. He's got a um, low IQ. but yes anyway um there was a there was very obvious um reaction at the track from fans to the race final lap being behind the safety car final few laps being behind the safety car which is fair enough from how when you consider how expensive tickets are these days for formula one these days every day but particularly 2022 they're mighty expensive um so should there be kind of some regulations now that sort of there's such a big impact on Sort of value of Formula One, if you're getting 53 laps and the final eight are behind the safety car, should there be some kind of regulation where races have to be, have to end under green, be that extra time, be that um, a kind of pause, not a full red flag, but a sort of mediated red flag where drivers stay in the cars and stuff like that? Uh, just so that realistically, as we understand, as a product, fans are respected in the regulations. No absolutely not I think like this is
2: consistency this is the problem that everyone had last year and it's not live sport I, I get it's I get it's expensive but live sport that's you're not it's not your god-given right to see an exciting end or it's not that is part of the thing is that you go to the sporting event any, anything can happen that's why we like it if you don't go and watch WWE so I just don't think that you can treat and in- the exact same incident different if it happens on lap twenty three compared to if it happens on lap forty three or whatever. I just yeah, I think people are moaning about it. it, just aren't, I guess, seeing the irony that last year when they followed the rules to the letter, then it was huge complaints and now it's oh well we the can rules we weren't can followed it. to the letter, crucially. Well, yeah, no, sorry. Um, uh, they were
0: they were they were thrown yeah, on the fly yeah, yeah. and so Yeah. No, I got my last um, year and year that's, that was, yeah. That's arguably like agree with it running on the fly obviously hmm. isn't yeah, right. no. what i'm saying if there's something entrenched in regulation no, I, then...
2: I, I got my uh speech mixed up but yeah last <laughs> year when they weren't followed followed to the letter then it's oh we can't we can't have this and then this year when they are followed to the letter then it's oh well you know that's that's stupid there was no entertainment at the end of it like it's not it is a sport and it's it's a you know you have to put the sporting integrity of it the highest. I think that should be F1's priority. And yes, we want it to be entertaining, but not gimmicky and not synthetic.
1: So, right. Why, when, we, when me and you argued about sprint races, you, you, all you said for 25 minutes was, well, do you not want racing? Do you want to see racing? Do you not want to see racing for
2: this? Well, because it's, it's in the race. It's not spring races, is a different thing where you set it up beforehand. It's not treating the same incident differently over depending when it happens. I don't think they're that comparable.
1: But do you? Okay, well, that's right. I mean, to be fair, I kind of agree with Adam. I mean, I wrote a piece in January for Total Motorsport saying F1 should implement a NASCAR green, white checkered kind of system. So if there's a, uh, if there's a safety car in the final five laps, uh, they just keep going round until uh there's two laps to go and then like even if if, if even if it's not being played, you keep going round. hopefully they should have enough fuel because they're saving fuel anyway and then you have a two-lap sprint and the teams will know that they'll know that's coming so then strategically they can think about should they pitch, should they not like they will know there's guaranteed to be two laps at the end whereas a red you can flag very you simply might,
0: you can very simply oh. just Forced by regulation, three or four extra kilograms of fuel that can be used in that kind of regard yeah. that's used, just ballast, essentially, but, that can be always kept.
1: But since writing that piece in January, and after the event of this weekend, I am leaning more towards Adam, because, I mean, off the top of my head, Bahrain 2019, Bahrain 2020, they finished on the safety car, and there was none of this reaction. It was just people, fans took it as it was. I can't help but feel... You know, I, I, this is my opinion. I don't think
0: that comes into it, like pitching you know generations against generations. Like, I, I think people want it, to see like have the drama, opinions, though. Because there was an opinion two years ago, um, uh, uh, particularly after I, Bahrain 2020, where that race was way overshadowed by I, Grosjean's crash, and that's a difficult but like, one. I'm simple. sure the
1: reaction was, say, like Bahrain 2019 or China 2015, these ra- there was none of this kind of reaction to it yet. On Sunday after the race, it wasn't as bad as Abu Dhabi, of course, but it was
2: pretty like you know. Yeah, heated. right. So I, I think I'm a lot to... of that is results-driven. It's not if if Leclerc won under the safety car, there is not half as much. I I would I would be willing to bet there is not
0: half as much backlash. Yeah. 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 Who knows? So that's I mean, my opinion as well. That's my opinion. I I personally. Um... Right. I've normally been quite a, a stickler on these kind of things as well. And I kind of I think, yeah, running it to the letter, I, d- I wouldn't mind a kind of end of the race kind of thing. I think it, when it's worked quite nicely in some things, I think where you have some kind of say, even if it is just, it has to be what a 15 minute pause. I think that can be done very easily. And I think if you're paying north of 500 pounds for a, the worst seat, personally, I think. We can say about what sport is and that kind of thing, and the fact that oh, you're paying that, and it could be boring. But I think if they, if they, if it's going to be like that, I think that should realistically be considered. I do think value for money should really be considered nowadays. Um, nowadays, every day, um, and I don't know it's, it's kind of like because I I agree with you in the sense of regulations and that kind of thing, and the fact that you know, the safety being the primary factor and all of that. But I think finishing under green can be a very good factor as, as well. And um, I I don't think we should make it like a a NASCAR race where you're always stopping and that kind of thing um, for every caution. I I think it's fair enough that it's not a red flag worthy instance and things and as well as that. But I do think just for some kind of not necessarily like um, impurity of it, but for a nice kind of just clean end and a bit of excitement, a bit of fun. It doesn't have to be a grid start or anything; it could be a rolling start and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: that, that was my idea with what I said before. Yeah, I think a, a rolling to start, two laps guaranteed, allows the teams to pit or not pit. Go
0: for it. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm personally I'm all right with that. I think, like even if you can say Nigel, you can point to all those races you've said where races finish under safety car. But personally, when I've watched them, I've always wanted the race to finish under the race. And the safety car, when everyone sees a safety car, they think, oh, that's good. It's going to close up the race and change the nature of it. I'd rather have that a bit at the end. It'd be a bit more fun on, on the basis of it. I think, yeah, Abu Dhabi has scarred everyone running Formula One and they're terrified of doing anything wrong. So make some rules that make it all kind of good and you can run those for the letter, not saying... Only let a certain number of car lap cars pass. It's got to be fair and rightly done um, in that regard. But you can probably pretty simply put in some regulations where it finishes under green.
1: they have got to implement it start next year. You know, make a rule and then end off because apparently, you know, Christian Horner told to Wolf, they spoke that they have had these discussions.
0: Yeah, they were um, bits. So, alluded it to it as well, but he wouldn't yeah. elaborate on why. Um, basically, why no compromise was why no rule was yeah. come up with. He basically said it's more complicated than just throwing a red, which is fair enough, but he wouldn't say why it was more complicated than that to um to some journalists. The race has reported this, Scott Mitchell Malm has reported this. Um
2: I, I don't get the rules don't seem unclear. Like to me, I've, I've not seen those reports, but it's they they No no, the no not the rules are unclear that, it. It.
0: that um that the, the potential rules to come up with they were saying were unclear, but they don't right. seem unclear as well as well
2: no, it, it, it seems to me that they've made the rules and stuck to it but i think just in a wider sense it's you you know if you if you have this happening on lap yeah as i say you can have it happening earlier in the race and it could disadvantage you and disadvantage a rival. and then the exact same thing can happen at the end and it's a different set of circumstances when it's the exact same issue that doesn't sit well with me and I think this is what I certainly said and I think we all kind of alluded to at the end of Abu Dhabi was that the sport should be above kind of forcing entertainment and I still stand by that and this just feels a bit kind of too far going towards that.
1: I will say I you know I've got obviously strong opinions on lots of things in sport and the world and that kind of thing but I wouldn't mind if they did Freddie's idea but equally I wouldn't mind if they do what they did, what they did on Sunday, and like don't have it, uh, don't have a restart. But they've got to be consistent from now on. That that's the key because I think it is, you know, it's now in the air. So from next year, they've got to be, you know, we either have these restarts or we, you know, if, if we're not able to
2: restart, then so be it. If this if this happens, if if they do that and put something in that they do have a restart, there will there will come a time where someone that will decide a race or. Even more, and there will be a lot of backlash against that, just like there was now. Well, but, I, just, but, but, I, I think I, fans, will, no, fans but, will never be satisfied. We're seeing it with yeah, You can say the fans, fans will never be never satisfied. satisfied. They always find something to moan about, and that's I, you know it's just so frustrating. Well, but,
0: but 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 I think if fans are never satisfied, at least if the FIA and F one have a have a position where they can say, okay, but we tried to give it in the best most satisfactory way possible from that kind of side, then that's a leg to stand on, and. You can have it, like Nigel says, like an added time level, say it's a maximum of three laps that like they have in British touring cars, or um, it can be, maybe even you do something that builds up throughout the race, like in uh, Formula e, um, which has worked quite well this year. I mean, granted, that's a different thing in terms of energy and the way that's run, but um, proper championships that have mechanisms for this, and like the green and white checker, have passed it off pretty successfully. It's been pretty popular. And you know, I think personally, I think entertainment should be a close second in the way these kind of things are discussed,
2: mm, not first. All I'm saying, don't come cry. when when this pisses off a load of people next season. When there's the next oh, but Italian things are Italian allowed Grand Prix, to piss off. And, and it's pissing off people Leclerc, now. When when the led the whole of the next Italian Adam's Grand Prix and then they throw a red at the end of the staff and overtakes on the last lap. Don't come crying to me because people the, will be crying. The, the stuff would have won anyway, even if they did restart. I think. So, you know. yeah, but what if he doesn't? It's just I'm, just, I'm just saying, on Sunday, he would have won. But then again, the that's, that
0: comes to a different thing about the risks you take of being in a, in, in a race. And to be honest, like a live racetrack is always going to be a place where these kind of things can happen. And I think, yeah, it's, that, it's the same argument with red flags in qualifying, personally. Obviously there's so much more that can be said on that topic and a wider thing about the whole just involvement of safety cars and stoppages in Formula One, no matter when they are in the race, but um, that's for another time. And maybe one of our mid race podcasts uh, that are going to be a few of in the coming weeks, just due to the nature of the calendar um, at this period in the season, which is absolutely fine. I think we're do a bit of a break after a bit of F1 fatigue, you could say from the triple header. Um, I think you could, probably say just this is just me rambling now but the numbers as far probably a bit better for the numbers for monza but anyway um moving on to one of the major stories of this weekend and that is the health of alex alban and the debut informed on of nick de um of course alex alban came ill over friday night and saturday morning and he it turns out we learned on monday that he was actually really ill had to undergo an operation and then had some really serious complications such as respiratory failure to that um, operation on sas day and was uh, kept on a ventilator but thankfully he's recovering well and we send our best wishes out to alex because that sounds like a really painful and excruciating ordeal for what should have been quite a routine operation treated for appendicitis and so on that went very difficult for him and um yeah, just obviously as a podcast, we send huge best wishes to Alex and to his family and to the Williams team. Um, obviously, with all of that coming to, this, coming to the table on Saturday morning, it meant that Williams were in need of a reserve driver for the race and they had the opportunity to put in Merck and Merck subsidiaries reserve driver Nick De fries the 2019 Formula 2 champion and 2021 Formula E world champion um, and Merck work dri- works driver. Um, Nick De fries did a brilliant job, to be honest. He's been floating around conversations of an F1 seat, admittedly, as a little bit of a, a, a left field choice from the way the F1 bubble kind of likes to operate. Um uh, he, he took his up op- this opportunity and ran with it. He qualified ahead of his teammate, obviously, um, as is just mad. But we've all seen that he's done it and finished in the points in the race. So, guys, what what do you make of Nick DeFries, Adam?
2: Oh, there we go. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really, really good weekend all round from him. I think we expected the Williams to be good, and it was. I think it's a, obviously best which was for Albon because it's just a really unexpected, but, you know, quite serious thing. And, and hopefully he can recover from it as soon as possible. But I think outside of that, it's a shame that he didn't get to race this weekend. because I think he would have been, you know, in with a chance to put kind of his, his best finish of the season
0: on the Great board. Point. So,
2: um, But that said, Nick DeVries came in and he pretty, pretty easily uh, outperformed Nicholas Latifi. And I think when, I don't know if, um, when we were talking about our various silly season episodes, then it's kind of felt like with De Vries, there just hasn't been the momentum behind him. It's three years since he, or coming up to three years since he won in F2. And it's not, you know, being in FE is a bit distant from the paddock. So it's felt like there's that lack of momentum. But with this, this really, really changes that. And I think if you're, I mean, you can now go to any team, and particularly Williams, and, you know, you can say, look what I did. This is, you know, a step straight into the, car after being in a different car on Friday, first driver to compete for two teams in a weekend since 1978, and just show that he can perform and get a point scoring finish. So, you know, I can't, I don't really see how it could have gone much better for Debris. Absolutely. Outstanding effort. I think particularly in qualifying
1: in Q1, he had his fastest lap deleted His on his final run, but his second lap was still faster than TV and good enough to get into Q2. So he did two laps faster than Matifi, and to get to Q2. I mean, that's embarrassing for Matifi, but for DeVries, it's a really good job. And even though he didn't get into Q3, uh, he had a moment at the end of Q2 when he locked his rear brakes. I still like that. He kind of went for it, you know. He didn't hold back. He went for it. showed a bit of aggression. And then in the race, he, he had a measured drive. So he's shown that he can attack and call fine when he needs to be. That's what we see with Leclerc. You know, the up was fantastic on Saturday. And then in the race, he managed his tyres Really well over a Grand Prix distance, a live race for the first time. And he handled it pretty much as well as as he could have in that car, in that situation. So, you know, just a brilliant weekend. It was a bit like Stoffel Van Door when he made his F1 debut when he replaced Alonso in 2016. Yep, 16. 16. You know, Bahrain. So it reminded me of that. And also, it just shows, you know, former E driver, it shows, you know, very good, good for former E as well. It shows how good all those drivers are. Doesn't it, Adam? <laughs> no. Yeah, go yeah for, it, go for it, Freddy. <laughs> it is a
0: testament to Formula E and and to just drivers in general in other racing series because they yeah. can generally be kind of disregarded when it comes to the Formula One kind of picture. And that's a but that's a bigger topic for not now. <laughs> um, I think crucially, what I just want to say about the fact that Nick De Vries looked like a veteran of fifty, hundred Grand Prix. He didn't look like a rookie. He did not look like a rookie. The, the, the closest thing to a rookie era was just the fact that he didn't quite understand the steering wheel when he was going into um, his final Q2 run. And to be honest, he'd been learning the Aston Martin steering wheel for that weekend. He's got to be up to date on the Mercedes steering wheel. And no wonder the car, the Williams steering wheel is probably going to be at the back of his mind considering he drove that for what one practice session and very, pretty much no simulated time in Barcelona way, way, way back this year. So the the sheer just, ability to get on top of that so quickly with such sort of half of fp3 not even because they need to make that car for him running on like you say on such sort of weird tires that these pirellis are nigel um and then on top of that just not having any like not having race start experience not having pit stop experience not having high fuel experience and the fact you know i think there's nothing can prepare a driver for how difficult it is to drive a Formula 1 car with all the aero flicks and tricks you have on an aero F1 car in the dirty air at a race start in Formula 1. It's way worse than anything else. And the lack of grip an F1 car has at the start, I think is underappreciated by probably everyone going into their first F1 race and mm. by everyone watching it and so on. So I the fact that he's... that from
2: my first F1 race.
0: Yeah, and mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the, the way that was so well managed and like Nigel said, the way he managed that race is... Oh, I mean, it, it's in, it's incredible. Like, it's... When was the last time a driver... I think only two drivers have scored points for Williams on debut, I'm pretty sure. I think it's Jack Villeneuve and Nico Rosberg. I think I've read that fact somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they've gone on... They went on to do pretty well. Um, and to be very um, outspoken. And we, we know Nick DeFries is already quite a vocal boy, so who knows where, where he's going to end up. if he, or really when he when he does get a seat for formula 1 in
2: 2023. Yeah. The fact that, the, the fact that he's already, already higher than Latifi and already more impressive than Latifi just says everything you need to know.
0: Well, I think yeah and and we should also say that Latifi earned his third season in F1 and that kind of thing because his 2021 particularly second half of the season was a very accomplished season. Um and Latifi was, you know, he did earn that but this year he has been Lacking, but he's also not been—he's not shown himself up at some occasions. Like sometimes he's shown considerable pace this year, so that, you know he's—he's he's not an appalling slouch. He has got capability, so you can measure that as like you know, if, we, if we're talking about beating the tea feed like it's the easiest thing in the world, then we shouldn't be praising Nick de Vries, but we should be because he did beat him, and that's very impressive.
1: Yeah, I think any time someone one jumps in with one practice session and beats their teammate who's been driving for a team for two and a half years that is impressive no matter who that driver is in F1 history uh, it is difficult to see where De Vries can go next year on the Alpine maybe or Williams, or, or Williams
0: obviously <laughs> uh, I think but, Williams have been quite open that they would be very happy to have De Vries actually after that weekend
1: yeah uh, right so I mean I would snap him right up uh, but yeah I don't think it will happen personally. Uh, but yeah, it will, it will be really nice to see. I think.
0: Why don't you think it will happen?
1: I think someone else will get that seat. <laughs> I think Schumacher or Latifi will be in that seat.
0: But do you think um, because of something to do from Williams or do you think just because DeFries doesn't want to go there, or why? Oh, do you no, no,
1: would... the reason DeFries will want to go there. I think, you know, but why do you think if... they
0: would sign someone else after that performance?
1: Financial aspect, marketing aspects, that kind of thing. I
0: don't know. I personally, I think the marketing aspect, looking at the reactions of this weekend, kind of shows that that would be a successful pick, don't you think? I think there's just, there's
1: a lot, you Yeah, know, there's a many more factors that goes into signing a driver. I just don't.
0: And not but, see but, as a fit I don't know I, I kind of think I think you look back into the signing of George Russell and that and, you know he didn't bring much with him but I mean there was a bit of he's mega we'll have him and then that worked and I think realistically I think like you say yes there are more stuff that goes into this but I think they should There should be a little bit more of he's performed really well we'll have him to be honest well, that was
2: George Russell alongside Cubits and Latifi who pro- brought more to the table as well,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think of people who've one off appearances, like Van Dorn, for example, who went
0: on to drive, but I can't really think of any. So, <laughs> uh, can you
1: think of there's people funny? who've
0: had things extended, like, um, I want to say Alex Vertz did pretty well, um, at Benetton after doing some stand in drives in 1997. Yeah. Um, Oh, there, there, there will be more. We're just yeah. being thick. I just, I
1: just can't think of any examples. Well, but I don't know. I've I just, I just got a feeling it will happen, unfortunately.
0: I don't know. I, I, I think I'm the most confident that it will happen that I have been about Nick DeFries getting in Formula 1C. I think it's... Oh, yeah. I think because I don't think he could have happened. done more of an audition. I think I think there there will be, actually to be honest, I think there's more likely to be a tug of war between Alpine and Williams because Alpine are the ones who are having the question marks and they've yeah. they categorically ruled out a few drivers and the FIA seem to have ruled out hurter for AlphaTauri so Gasly's going to stay there. Yeah. So um, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a little bit of a fight there. I can see him going to Alpine, to be honest. Ooh, okay. um, what, do you, what do you think, Gasly, quickly?
2: I, I, can see, I can see him going to Alpine because I think that would be quite a decent statement um, pick for them. It's taking another um, F2 champion. It's still putting... I mean, he's 27, so he's not the youngest, but mm-hmm. he's putting a rookie in the car. So, um, yeah, I I, I, mean, I can see either. Williams, I, I'm kind of with you, Nigel. I just, I don't know. I feel like there's maybe more at play that might see him not get the seat. But I think... I think I'd, I'm pro. Um, I'd say I'm probably 50-50 with him getting a seat next season. Whereas before this, I was probably about ten percent chance of him getting a seat. So he's gone up yeah. quite a lot. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's my thoughts. Yeah.
0: yeah, I th- I, th- I just think personally, I think the way he's shown himself and run and worked himself and proved his his speed. Yeah, a good weekend. What should have been a good weekend for Williams and was in the end. Um, but I think you know that's very good and. If, if It'd be interesting to see, um, obviously, we don't wish um, a poor recovery for Alex Alban, but if the necessity was required for Nick de Free's to be in the current Singapore and that, mm. you know, we don't know anything about Alex Alban's health apart from what we've been told. But it'd be interesting to see from an experimental point of view that how we would do there. Um, yeah. But fingers crossed, to be honest, we don't get that experiment. Um,
2: I, I mean, also for DeVries. It might be one that you know you show them what you can do. Feels like any, anything now can kind of harm it. If I was De Vries, I'd be you know, it's, yeah, good point. Show, showed what I can do and leave it there, really. But especially Singapore was yes. right, that's a lot tougher than modern, you know, There's
1: no room for error there. So if you crash in Corvan and crash in the race like Giovinazzi did in China 2017, then yeah,
0: it's not going to be very so good well, well in Australia. Great, exactly.
1: Prime. So we don't, you know, De Vries will want that situation. So yeah, that is a
0: very very good point um just running down the order in the midfield a bit more obviously daniel ricardo um broke down um but he, he was, was doing for, quite
1: well before that. He, was,
0: he was set for points but to be honest I, do you think he was doing well i think to be honest um he was still being outclassed by norris and he was moved aside for norris and that okay uh,
1: right he the was doing better range. than he has been for the rest of the season then <laughs> i think that's
0: just yeah he was yeah. to be fair and i think they, his performance for where Daniel Ricciardo is, was capitalizing on the fact that um, other drivers had penalties, but it helped. And he was holding his nerve very well at, at the front of a DRS train. Um, so he would have got some points, which is a shame that he didn't. First points for Alpha Tauri and Alpha Romeo in a long time, though.
1: Yeah. With Pierre
0: advantage. Gasly and Joe Guanyu both, I yeah. think, performing very well this weekend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Much needed for for them, for, you know, for both teams. Uh, made the one-stop work perfectly, I think. I think they just executed the best race that they could, took advantage of those grid penalties as well. Uh, So, you know, hopefully they can get more points later in the season, but they kind of have, uh, you know, used this
2: opportunity uh, and taken it, I guess.
0: Anything to say on that, Adam?
2: No, echo what Nigel said.
0: Yeah. And I think to be honest, it probably signs um gets makes it a bit closer for Inc. on a deal for Joe Guan Yu for 2023, I'd say, because, you know, it was very like he's been kind of just a decent operator again. Um, I think actually going back to Ferrari, you should mention Carlos Sainz coming through the field very, very, very well, and Lewis Hamilton coming through the field very, very well from where they were. Um, Carlos Sainz was just picking off cars like they was, like they were just, you know. A different class, um, and I think Hamilton did pretty well too for a car which we think has a straight line deficit and could well be the worst engine in the field.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think Hamilton. It was always going to be tricky for him to come through with what he did. So you're getting uh, fifth was great, and then sides Yeah, pretty much what I expected. Really, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's tricky to rate how well Sides did because I think the pace of Ferrari was very good, so you know. But ultimately, you still do have to execute, make make the overtakes, which he was doing pretty much every lap or two. Uh, so that is quite you know good. But also, he did have a fresher engine, so you know it's kind of it. wasn't bad, but it wasn't you know amazing either. I think mm.
2: it's a kind of interesting comparison, um, and not not like for like comparison, but just putting it up against. Um, Verstappen's races in Sparren here, where Verstappen was in the top three very quickly. Science was more methodical, picking off, which obviously doesn't have the best result. but I think it was still a good drive. He didn't kind of bottass himself into 12th, like, and he came from Bottas further back, it.
0: to be fair. Yeah. Um, but actually, to be fair, you could compare it to Bottas's drive in Monza last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. which arguably was the same drive, um, without a, without a closing of the pack at the middle of the race, like Bottas had last year. Um, and we, we should also mention two champions were crowned this weekend in formula two, Felipe Drogovic became the champion of formula two. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And in more kind of bumpy circumstances, let's say Victor Martin became the champion of formula three by a few points from Zay Maloney in second and Oli Behrman in third. Um, in what was the final race of that championship um adam give me some thoughts on drovic and martin and all the people around them if you want
2: all of the people around them all of the people around them
0: that. yeah we, uh, we, <laughs>
2: we, we really don't, don't quite have time for that but <laughs> yeah i mean yeah Drugovic is just you know it's been it's been kind of a breakout year but you felt it was coming it's kind of a weird one where it shouldn't be surprising but it still kind of is when you look at the um more heralded names and backing that are other parts of the grid so he's got a aston martin development drive for next year with undeserved. yeah no, but... with, i think jess Hawkins is in that i can't remember who well, else it's, is it's basically kind of the,
0: the first sort of proper aston martin development program isn't it
2: yeah so it's kind of uh i don't know it's it did. It, it's hard to measure that in terms of uh, route to an F one drive, but you know it's something. Um, I kind of, to me, signals that there's not too much else out there for him, which is a shame because I think we'd uh, was it Nigel or Freddie predicted him me. to Alpha Tauri? Um I and, still you know, think that could happen if okay. it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, it probably could still happen. Actually,
2: interesting, but um, I don't know. It kind of seems it seems a step away from that but yeah we'll have to see on that but yeah i don't know it's just you know the the f2 driver should have a decent shot at making the f or oh, sorry the f2 champion should have a decent shot at making the um f1 grid and that doesn't seem to be in place at the moment so that's a shame but yeah maybe he'll
0: is- do a reserve driver role in four years time three years time and then he'll have a 50 50 chance of getting into a williams seat who knows
2: at yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, he could be world champion by then, so it's not all bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's formally world is a very champion. welcoming paddock.
2: Yeah. Uh, now, no, yeah, I think
1: Djokovic, uh, I think we mentioned last week, so go back and watch that. He, you know, he's done it very impressively. I think he's shown all the aspects, had loads of pole positions, showed the race pace as well, hasn't really made too many mistakes. I think the race that he did win uh, the championship on Saturday in the reverse grid race he got caught up in a little incident but all of the support races were quite messy on the opening laps at the weekend uh, so you know and I, I do rate this F2 grid I, I think it is pretty it's, you know it's definitely not super weak I think it is a pretty decent field so to beat all those drivers like Till, Porsche, yeah, Lawson etc so comfortably I think is. You know a great job but he definitely deserves to at least be discussed in an F1C and Vitz Martan we all know that I rate him very highly as well but you two don't uh, so you know well done for him for him to become champion and I hope he can show more pace and talent in F2s so and then I can get you both on board. <laughs> it, it's yeah, quite yeah. nice. Oh, yeah but
0: what you say about Jugovic beating what is you know he's made that field look worse than it is and now the kind of conversation is um, there's kind of a, a feeling that, oh, there's not as much talent in this F2 group. But actually, to be fair, it's a good point that he's just beaten... But to be fair, I think we all consider someone, some very, very good drivers on that grid and he's beaten them very comfortably. People like you say, Lawson, Portier, um, Dewin, Sergeant, Sergeant Dewan, yeah. yeah, who have come in very quickly and been very much on the pace. But he's just thrown... He's just, you know, he been really maximised in a very impressive way. And that's how you win championships. Um, and like you say, I think, yeah, Victor Martin, he made probably heavier weather heavier weather than he should have done with what his pace is. Because to be honest, he should have been a bit, I think, that's my criticism of Martin. I don't think he's not a fast driver. I think, you know, it could have been a better championship season from him. But yeah. um, what well, I do, that's why I think the more impressive drivers are your Maloney's, your Bearman's, your Hatchars and FIAF3. Yeah, well, that kind of that weakness fight.
1: is easier to improve, I think, with, you know, he's so young as well.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. All definitely. of them are so young. <laughs> yeah, but they're all he's at the most recent
1: experience of all of them, I think.
0: Mm. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Um, and an FIA championship will give him a weight off his shoulders if he goes into mm. Formula 2. Um, and particularly doing it in a non-premise seat, actually, to be fair, which shouldn't be sniffed at because they are the dominators of Formula 3. Um, yeah, I'll say the that last, again, the last ten... Uh, dominators... <laughs> The last 10 f G- roll out, dominate door.
1: <laughs> the last 10 F3slash GP3 championships, apart from Norris, have been won by Pramer, I think. And so this is the first one since, mm. since Norris, whenever he did it. Yeah. Norris
0: did FIA F3 Europe, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a different thing. Um, Just yes. uh, <laughs> to jump in on
2: F2 again. It's I'd, I'd forgotten how much of a pain it is, and it's good that the championship is wrapped up. That then you go on and there's like a, t- a three month gap, two month gap to Abu Dhabi, and it's like, oh, it's got to finish at Abu Dhabi. Like that is such a pain in the ass. And we had this uh, two years ago when it was going down to the Sakir Grand Prix, and there were like eight drivers in position to get the super license points that needed them, or something crazy like that. And it's like, yeah, it's just I, I like that. F3 finishes, finishes at the kind of end of the European leg and that's that. And then we go off, whereas F2, it is a drag. And uh, yeah,
0: it's Histo- just... Historically, there has been, they always have an F2 race or GP2 race at the WEC round at Bahrain and they'd have rounds in Jerez and things like that. There would be a bit more standalone, really, or just supporting a different championship. And I I don't see why they can't do that as well. I know, obviously, it's a, it's a, been a bit more brought into the f1 support bill but it's still an fia championship and i think you know you can give it its own due and have a bit more of its own right if you do those kind of things and make the championship arguably a bit more reaching and a bit more kind of um uh principle because i think what we were talking about earlier about like say a blanket rule so i find things about formula one like ending races and things like that the, the formula two and formula three get heavily hamstrung by if there's really met any late race stoppage it's not going to restart because they need to do the pretty hot laps for the formula one and they need to have a driver's parade three hours before the race and all of that kind of stuff so i think you know there could be some elements in the future of having these gaps and having these flyaways times being used to give f2 and f3 a bit more time to shine perhaps on, on maybe their own bill or something like that um particularly as i feel like their popularity is growing and growing and growing and there's a reason they're going to albert park um from is it next year i don't know maybe if it is from next yeah. year yeah, um because you know the popularity is growing globally so you can do a bit more with them in the future and i think to be honest we might not be having that problem in in the future obviously Kota was going to host F3 last year, so there is an interest. So hopefully, we don't have that issue so much as it goes on.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is a joke. I think for any motorsport <laughs> series, well, there's massive gaps in the calendar. Uh, something I've banged on about all my life since I was born. <laughs> but, no. I would it, love it's, to it's... hear
0: two-year-old Nigel bang <laughs> about, about um, I don't know, Uh why is Formula One racing in China? It's just for money or something. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, what, yeah, that's <laughs> probably what. It's would just been... on a
0: bog. There's nothing there. <laughs> now, it's, you know, we all want to go back to China. But anyway,
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there shouldn't be jello. big gaps in any motorsport calendar. So that's my opinion on every every single time. And that will never. But ever they change.
0: shouldn't be too close together, like a triple header, where there's yes. so much happening. Yes, yes. We're never happy. Why should Ooh, we be uh, happy? I'm happy. I'm never happy.
2: Yeah, that's because you're watching Ratakarni play. That's different. <laughs>
0: I'm not. Nigel is. Um...
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's... it's. I had something lined up saying completely uh, vanish, so that's
0: that. And on that note, really? we're going to completely vanish. Um Thank you very much for uh, tuning in in whatever way you did, be that on audio, be that on video to this podcast. Obviously, if you've watched us on YouTube, you can check us out on audio. If you listen to us on audio, you can check us out on YouTube. You can do both at the same time. Like you're reading along with a children's book and an audiobook or something. Why not? And you can follow us on Twitter and you can read those and scroll through our tweets and laugh at our jokes and, and admire our intellect as you listen to this podcast and the back catalogue because why else would you do anything else just play the podcast in loop leave reviews say how much you love us say how much you hate us but say that into your pillow and not to us and we will be happy bunnies have a great time we'll see you in the gap before singapore and we'll see you around singapore Um, But we're not going to Singapore, so not around Singapore geographically, around Singapore in a figurative sense. Um, But in a not figurative sense, thank you and goodbye. You done now? Um, No, I'm not. We can do more. Um, Outros. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Outros, outros.